Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are once again blessed to have Jeff Carter, a financial expert and conservative who writes a fascinating blog on Substack. A recent post struck a chord with many of us. It was titled, A Handy Guide to Moving from a High-Tax State to a Low-Tax State. Jeff knows a lot about that journey. He's here to talk about it and share his thoughts about the crippling inflation gripping the nation. Well, hey, Jeff, thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, so this blog post you did is really interesting. We have a lot of conversations around uh, here, obviously, about this kind of thing. So in general, what's, your, what's the reaction been like to the post itself? I think a lot of people were curious about how to do it. Um, you know, Chicago is a different culture than a lot of places, so when you don't, and fight, you're considered a traitor by a lot of people, and I think I've gotten a lot of that feedback, um, which is, you know, typical for Chicago. I don't care, though. Um, and um, a lot of other people, though, the, the reaction has been, I, I'm trying to figure out how to do this myself. You know, how, how do you do this? How do you extricate yourself from a situation like that? And um, I think COVID has been horribly terrible for the American people. The policy has been terrible, but in some ways it's been very liberating and it forced people to take a look at their lives. And so I think a lot of people are considering it now. Yeah, so that's, uh, I think that's completely true. And obviously anytime I'm, I'm anywhere outside of Chicago, I meet a lot of people that have just moved to the place that I'm visiting uh, <laughs> from, from Chicago. And so talk us through the process that you went through uh, with you, your wife, and how you figured out what you were going to do. Yeah, so it, it was a multi-year process for us. We had kids in college. Um, for me, trading was gone, right? So I was a trader on the floor. Uh, it was gone. It was all electronic. So I didn't need to be in Chicago. So why was I there? I had friends there. I was used to it. I spent my entire life there, same with my wife. Um, we knew that the tax situation in Chicago was going to be horrible. The, the writing on the wall was far back. I went to an economic club lunch back in 2007. And these two guys talked about the pension crisis then, and people refused to believe it. Um, so we knew financially we didn't want to be in Chicago, even with the fact that at age 59, you can collect your pension at 0% tax. So it's really the same as Nevada, Florida, blah, 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 right? But all the other costs of living in Chicago financially were high. Property taxes are high. Expected future taxes are high. Every other cost is high. The tipping point for us was prime. And, um... When my wife didn't feel safe walking the dog, sometimes it ducked in Lincoln Park, and it just became untenable to live there. Um, we looked at Austin, Texas. We looked at Florida. We looked at Tennessee. And we looked at Arizona and here in Las Vegas. So everybody has their own rubric about how, how they'll do stuff. I think traditionally in Chicago, when you leave, you go to Florida. Uh, a lot of people now are going to North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, but Florida's the traditional destination. We knew Florida really well. My wife doesn't particularly care for Florida. Um, so we looked west and it came down to Arizona or Nevada. And we chose Las Vegas for personal reasons to us, like 
we like restaurants. We like to try. We like to hiking. Golf's pretty good here. Uh, one of the constraints we had was no snow. Neither of us were skiers. Um, I knew after age 59, it was going to be really hard for me to work. Um, it's hard as a white, older, conservative, out of the closet Republican to get jobs these days, right. especially in the industries that I'm in. Sure. So that that's kind of how we did it. I think you got to form a checklist of things that are important to you and then do it separately. So my wife had her checklist. I had my checklist and rank order them. And then you come back together and you talk objectively about it. And then you make a decision. If my kids were in Chicago with my grandkids, it would have been, I would have still kept a place in Chicago, but I would have changed my residency to Florida or something like that. So you, you all spent the appropriate amount of time. This wasn't a hasty decision. You went and looked at different places and things like that. So that's, that's a key piece. What do you think people, do you see people that, uh, do you feedback on the, on the post about people that uh, got in a hurry? And, and made some mistakes or how did, you know, when you talk about people leaving the state, I mean, what are the mistakes that they're making in general when they just land someplace because of, you know, COVID or whatever they're right. doing at the moment, right? I think I, I've had friends move to, let's say, Arizona, move back, um, and then move back again. I, I, I think what you have to do is you have to really think about what's important to you and and then land in that place. So like for me, we, we I love Austin, Texas. Um, I have four or five friends that are there, good friends. Um, and when I looked at Austin, there were two things that were limiting to me. One was property taxes because Texas, that's how they get their revenue, property tax. And two was airport. So at the airfield, at Austin Airport, you got to fly somewhere to fly somewhere. Um, right, right. And, and then the other thing was we wanted to be close to a kid. So I had one kid in L.A. and I have one in Chicago. So where is that? Well, I'm not moving to L.A., um, but Nevada, Las Vegas is, you know, three, four hours, or it's a really super cheap, quick flight, and I can get to Chicago pretty fast, too. So what was it like in terms of the, this transplant? You know, you're like a cultural Chicago guy. And yeah. so, and your, and your wife, and so, you know, you're, you're completely going to another, a different part of the country, everything's yes. changing. What, what's the vibe there? What was that like, uh, the, the transition? It's, it's different. Um, the one thing about Las Vegas is it's really a blue collar town once you take all the glitz off it because it's full of construction workers and stuff like that. Um, the town is based on commercial real estate, kind of how Chicago is. Um, the thing that I like about it, that we really liked about it, is no traffic. It's really easy to get up other places. The things we miss, um, to get an Italian grocery, there's a couple here, but it's not the same. The pizza sucks here. Um, found a steak place, you know, it's, it's certain things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not urban, it is suburban. So if you're looking for an urban experience in the West, the only place to go is San Francisco. Right. You know, LA is not urban. Right. Um, San Francisco is. 
can't really speak to Seattle. I haven't been there. But do you want to go there? Right. Um, do I want to go to? No. Um, so, and then if you wanted an urban experience, sort of in the southeast, it really isn't one. They're mostly north, northeast, and older cities, right? So, right. Right. so I miss I miss that. My wife doesn't. I really miss the urban. Sure. Um, but uh, you got to make sacrifices. Yeah. Well, even in this time with the COVID piece and all this, major cities are acting foolish, and you know you're not uh, you're not missing out on anything at this point yeah. anyway. You know, it's like some of us that are going. You know, I'm not traveling internationally for a long time right now. Right. It's like you just start saying, you know, I'm I'm taking a pass for a year or two or whatever it's, it's going to look like. It's you know? terrible. But, uh, hey, Nevada's Nevada's no better. We have a mask mandate here, and I don't I, I won't wear one. I I, do, I walked into a store this morning. And didn't wear a mask. Everybody had masks on. The guy didn't say boo because we all know it's fake. Right. But right. the governor here is terrible. He's a socialist from Wisconsin. He's a true believer. Um, Cecil Act is his name. He's he's a follow the leader guy. And then of course, uh, they had a super majority in the legislature and they uh, gerrymandered the state. So. We're paying close attention to 2022 elections. Here. Yeah, right. I may not be a Nevada, Las Vegas uh, <laughs> resident for the long term because if the Democrats keep control, I don't know that I want to live here. Yeah, for sure. And you got the whole moving thing down, so you can figure that out. It's funny yeah. you say that about the mask thing. I think you're totally right. It's just, you know, it's all theater and people, we have to say, I'm yeah. not doing it. I, I don't wear one here in Chicago. And only once now have I been in a store, which I will not name. It's a retail place, a national yeah. chain. And one of the employees is like, sir, you need to put your mask on. I'm like, no, thanks. I just walked out. You know, the, the yeah. place was crowded with people wearing masks. And I'm like, you guys, come on, Forget it. get back to normal. You know, it's all about lawyers. That's yeah. all lawyers. That yeah. sounds like. But I think, I think what I've seen here, so we joined this country club. So one of the things you have to do when you move, if you don't have a friend group that exists, is figure out a way to get a friend group. And, right. you know, our friend group always sort of came from our neighborhood. And it came from school or, you know, something like that. Um, for, for us, we thought, well, we can go neighborhood, country club, and church. Churches yeah. are kind of closed because right. of stupid COVID. Um, so we joined a country club, and I've got a friend group there. And then we bought in an established neighborhood versus building in a new neighborhood. And so there was already some structure there, and it was easier to meet sort of neighbors and make some friends. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of our friend group right now. My wife hikes on Wednesdays and Thursdays with a bunch of women. They go hiking all over the place. And, and so that's one thing you really do have to pay attention to when you move. It's like you can't just sit in your house by yourself. you, you got to have a friend group. So how are you going to get that? Absolutely. That's a great approach. And I think that uh, also on the church thing, I found that the churches that are – that are staying open and not worried about masks are the ones that have a backbone. So it's a pretty, it's a decent time to find a you know a, a real church you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that they're no, really really into what they're talking about there. So yeah, okay, yeah. well good. I I really uh, you know the the idea here that you're putting that that content out I think is super timely. It was uh, everybody's talking about this stuff. So so thanks for putting that out. So to change topics though, so uh, inflation. So yeah. uh, you know. Don't worry about it, Jeff. It's transitory. It'll be good. You know, it's all it's all gonna be fine any minute now. Uh, so, uh, so give us your thoughts on how how bad do you think it's gonna get? Uh, how long is it gonna last? What what do you see out there in the future? So, so unlike a lot of conservatives, I 
saw a path for transitory inflation. And the path is this. Supply chains were, they got hit by an economic shock. Supply chains are long. You know, a lot of our goods are made in Asia. Not just China, but Vietnam and things like that. So they got to come over, get unloaded, and then distributed. And the rail network here in the United States, of course, has a big bottleneck in Chicago. Um, it takes forever to get boxcars from one end to the other. Um, trucking is trucking. And when COVID's impacted all those different things. Um, when you look at, let's say, meatpacking, meatpacking was affected by COVID. They had to shut plants down. Farmers had um, animals backing up in the field. So, so I could buy into the transitory thing that supply chains eventually would work these bullwhip effects out and prices could come back down a little. Um, I think as we've gotten into it, what we found is bullwhip effects are taking longer or maybe have a longer time horizon to work themselves out. And then you have to combine that with the amount of spending that's going on at the government level. So when you look at macroeconomics, you know, it's basically C plus I plus G, G being the component of government. Government contributes zero as far as a multiplier effect to GDP, or very close to zero. Because every dollar that government spends comes from somewhere else. They're not a productive thing. Government can never invest. They can only spend. And economists on both sides of the aisle, I mean, Cliff Asnes is a smart guy. He's a conservative guy. Was saying spend, spend, spend at the start of the COVID thing. Do whatever you can because we didn't realize what the magnitude of this thing really was. And the government doesn't need a lot of prompting to spend. Even Republicans in Congress, sure. I mean, they're not, they're fiscal hawks when they're in the minority, but when they're in the majority, they spend. Um, and and so we have to change that as a part of being a Republican in the party um, and elect people that will will mind the first thing, that are true fiscal conservatives. And, and, uh, and so they did. And then the Democrats took control and of course spent more. And now you've got Build Back Better, and you've got all kinds of things going on um, that's inflationary. Uh, Milton Friedman was right, and, and anybody that grew up in the 70s experienced it. We learned it. Um, when you look back at a historical context, back going back to 2008, the Fed rightly had easy money policy for a long time on the back of that crisis, but then it had continued quantitative easing, which was expanding that balance sheet money supply, which is inflationary. And the Fed was deliberately trying to cause inflation back then because they were deathly afraid of deflation, which is worse than inflation. And now they've succeeded, but the problem is they're always behind the curve. And so, so we're going to see some big time inflation. And then mm -hmm. you have artificial policies too, right? So, so Biden cancels pipelines. And oil prices go up, and people are saying, well, we don't get that much oil from them, blah, 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 blah. But then he bans drilling on federal lands. Well, that's in the future, blah, 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 blah. But the market prices in expectations to today. And so when you have an administration that's very hostile to the fossil fuel industry because of political means or global warming or whatever, you're going to see higher and higher prices. And, and then when you look at the structure of the industry, there's only so many refineries. So even if you increase supply, there's only so many places to refine it to get the 
send product out to people and and try to buy a new refinery, build a new refinery. Well, the EPA won't let you do it. It's too expensive. And so our public policies inside in, is is helping inflation along. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting take though. That the supply chain piece was already there. We're going to have supply and demand issues drive prices up. Sure. And then, so what percentage do you think, though, so of the two factors of just, you know, uh, printing more money and the spending relative to the supply chain piece, what, how do you see that? What's the balance in there in your mind? Is it 50-50 or more like? Uh, I, yeah. I'm not, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I just sort of watch it. I'm not a smart enough guy. Yeah. Um, I think you got to go to a PhD economist, like maybe the grumpy economist, John Cochran. Uh, would be maybe a good source. Um, Craig Perong is a guy, a streetwise professor down in Houston that will have a really good angle on the energy market. Um, it's 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 tough. It's a tough one to predict. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that that happened recently, let's say, is so the Fed releases the strategic oil reserve, reserve or whatever, and then two days later. Uh, uh, Omicron comes out and oil futures tank. Well, was it, you know, Granholm's going to say, see what we did? We released the, the, the reserve and prices went down. But the reality is it was the Omicron COVID reaction mm-hmm. driving the price down because everybody thinks the economy is going to slow again because sure. it's shut down. Sure. So, so they're going to misread it again. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting times we're living in. There's just a lot of factors at play here. I just figured. So basically, the summary is that we need to get the supply chain thing figured out. We need to get a new president. Definitely need a new president. And we need to have Republicans act like conservatives when they have power. We do. If we get that done, we'll be fine. It'll be fine. So, I mean, we've got a. I mean, I'm out of the class of Republicans. I'm a cheerleader for the Republicans. I I think objectively, when you look at the, the map, we have a great chance of taking uh, big lead in the House, right? Flipping the Senate, maybe for generations. Yep, totally agree. We we run the right presidential candidate in uh, 2024, and personally, I don't think that candidate is former President Trump. I think President Trump has a lot of great ideas, but I think he's a very polarizing figure, and maybe there's another person out there that could do it. I also think President Trump is up in age, and maybe we want to pass it towards the next generation. So, right. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. But I, I think we have a golden opportunity if we enact policies that m- are meaningful to people instead of talking about them. So that goes to school choice, let's say. So if you're a Republican state, Republican-led state, and you don't have school choice and charter schools and have money following families and students, you're doing it wrong. Um, you ought to have medical vouchers for people rather than sort of socialized health insurance. There's all kinds of things sure. that they can do at the state level to lead, which the federal government can sort of pick up. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is our time as conservatives to be the to be the ones that are for your kids really great education, not just, huh. you know, just hand waving the whole thing. So it's yeah. hope. Yeah. It's that's hope. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hope and, and that's and that's what it is. And 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 when you look at the problems in the inner cities or in rural areas where they're um, having trouble, they've lost hope. Yeah. And, um, and, and you make different decisions when you have hope than when you don't have hope. Yeah. 
That's right. That's a great way to put it. Great way to put it. Well, we have hope in the future of the country and turning this whole thing around. Uh, and uh, I hope your I hope your move continues to work out. I think that's a really great yeah. idea. Kind of kind of uh, documenting all that and let let us all take a look at it. So it was really good it's, stuff. It's great talking to you. It's amazing. Like, like I'm rehabbing a house here in Las Vegas, and uh, I'm having supply chain issues. So you know, I'm really <laughs> right. it. so that's it's right. fun. It's going around. <laughs> it's going around. It's good. Well, thanks for coming on, Jeff. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here. America's the greatest country. You still have a chance, and um, we'll make we'll keep it that way. Amen to that. Get better. Amen to that. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good one. You too. Bye. All right. That's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash firstright or text firstright to 1-312-820-9167.